Hello and welcome into a new episode. It's Scarves Up. I'm your host, Nathaniel Mamoudis, getting ready to preview the 2021 season for you alongside your favorite guest, Dave Mamoudis, who'll be joining me here in a second. We're going to cover everything that happened in the offseason and everything that has happened recently in the Sounders world. Let's get into it. Dave Mamoudis, welcome back to the show. A lot has happened in this offseason. We're going to cover all of it. Let's start out with the biggest news of the offseason, which uh, has to do with Jordan Morris. So he did end up going to Europe, lasted a little shorter than anyone would have hoped as he tore his ACL again. Um, uh, and uh, I, I can't remember at this point, was it a re? I think it was a re-tear. Uh, but, I don't uh, remember. Was it the same leg or the other leg? I think it was the other leg. I, I, that's we. I, it wasn't a retear. I think it was the other one. And again, uh, I'm not sure which one is is better versus worse in terms of his, you know, eventual recovery. Um, I'm sure neither one is fun, but I'm sure he's working hard to get back. So at this point, he has had surgery. He's back in Seattle, and his time in Europe is already over. Uh, as he would just be coming straight back. I mean, what what did you think about uh, this this signing in general? Because he ends up going to a championship team uh, who ha- have a pretty good chance to make it to the Premier League um, this year. Um, played in uh, three or four games. Uh, the only game he started was against Manchester City in the FA Cup, and he looked good, didn't get a goal, though. Thoughts? Yeah, I mean, you know, he's young. He doesn't, you know, he shouldn't need the summer off to recover. I mean, the winter off to recover. So I think getting more, you know, getting more experience is great. Um, you know, I was sad that the Sounders were expecting to be without him, obviously. Um, you know, but it it, it looked like a, a reasonable career move for him. Um you know, obviously, uh, hard to know if there's, you know, something he could have done. I'm sure he was doing whatever he could to, to you know, not increase his chance of injury. Um, you know, I mean, it, it's uh, the whole question of, you know, should MLS be a place people intend to stay their whole career versus, you know, should people get to Europe as soon as they can is obviously a complicated one. You know, what is the process for MLS to to really take its place as a first tier league? We're still a ways from doing that. Do you think there's any chance that we get him back this season? Um, I do. I think I I can imagine him being back on the field um in the fall. Um, you know, I haven't heard anything about how his rehab is going, but you know, I'm sure Brian will be happy to tell us he's a tough kid and is working hard. Um, you know, so, um, I'm, I'm sure that's what he's working towards. So we talked to, you mentioned a little bit there about, uh, we don't know if MOS is, is, or or should be a league where you play your entire career there. Uh, 
But so we move this into the national team in general. Um, I think both of us would be happy to see Jordan Morris um, still um, getting national team call-ups. And I mean, he is, um, but I think most people are looking uh, down at him because he isn't, I mean, at this point he is older than most of the people who are on the national team. Like, where do you think he stands with the national team? Because the national team is young. I mean, obviously, uh, in their last friendly, uh, most of the team was under 23 of the senior team. Uh, so, like, we are the national teams are young. Is Jordan Morris still part of the picture? Um, I think he is. You know, I think he's, you know, when he's been healthy, he's clearly done a lot for them. Um, I think this question of, you know, right. How much do you look on the players with only, how much do you look down on the players with only MLS experience? How much is he seen as, you know, a member of sort of the old complaint about the U S team, you know, that were athletic, but, you know, but not, not skilled in the way the rest of the world is more, you know, so uh, a preference for people who are, you know, who, you know, run around you rather than just run right by you. Um, you know, but then, yeah, the national team, obviously the, 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 the question of should the national team be MLS based or international based and how that played out with Olympic qualifying um, is obviously another messy, complicated question, um, you know, that we saw in terms of the, you know, a lot of the U S national team playing in, against Northern Ireland at the same time, the, you know, the official national team was fi- was failing to qualify um, when there were a lot of, you know, great under 23 players who could have been in one place rather than the other. Um, yeah. So anyway. let's, let's, let's talk about that. So the senior national team has an international friendly against uh, Northern Ireland. And most of the people who were called in uh, are the people who are playing in Europe, um, which I guess if you, and it could be, it could have been a COVID thing. Um uh, and everyone's already there. It's no one has to fly over an ocean. So so maybe that's good, um, and that and that's why they they called in all the Europe the uh, European American players um, for that game. Um, but most of them are uh, are young enough that they could have helped the U.S. qualify for the Olympics. Um, what and then I believe also that... there's is it is it true that there's no that in the Olympic competition you're allowed three overage players but you're not allowed those three players during qualifying is that correct? I think that I I think it's something like that. They might have also gone away with that rule because of the uh, because of how the under twenty three uh, uh, teams have expanded. Um, but I think I think that's correct. But still. Um, so in my opinion, I, I don't understand why we are having, um, friendies at all at this point. Like, uh, there was qualifying going on in Europe during this time, during this FIFA international break. Um, there are games that need to be played, uh, for upcoming tournaments. Having a friendly while we are still very much in a pandemic, uh, it just seems super dumb. Um, 
I I I know they they're they they are keeping people distance and people are thinking about how to protect, but I also don't know how the testing is actually working for these friendlies. Um, obviously the U23 and uh, it's been working to have all these games in one place, like all the Olympic qualifying were in uh, Guadalajara in Mexico. Um, and obviously we, at this point, the Olympics are still supposed to happen. So that has to happen. So in my opinion, there is no reason for there to be another friendly. And because of that, the people under 23 should have helped the U.S. qualify for the Olympics. Because right. We, I mean, so obviously, you know, World Cup qualifying is coming, you know, not until September with the current format that they have. But at some point, the U.S. team has to come together and get ready for for that. So that's a, you know, we, we need to play friendlies at some point. Um, I think the question of should... You know, should I, they have I, just given everybody need... over 23 the summer off and, and you know, tried to get Pulisic or other people on the field in the Olympic qualifying is a different one. Yeah, we need to play, if they played the people who are younger than 23 in the games in Mexico, where these games are high stakes, um, and you qualifying the Olympics is going to erase more of the, uh, more of the history and and the uh, feelings people have uh, about right. I mean, not qualifying for the World Cup. Um, you know, some of this is the you like know the battle for relevance to... between the World Cup and the Olympics. You know, FIFA FIFA isn't really um, isn't really that friendly to the Olympics. You know, so would those European teams have let their players travel to the Western Hemisphere to um, to play in these Olympic qualifiers? I think is up in the air. Um, and, you know, the other question of, you know, what should Christian Pulisic be doing for his career? Should he be concentrating on getting onto the field in Chelsea versus performing for the national team? Um, you know, what's better for him in the long term? What's better for the U.S. in the long term? I don't know. Yeah, that that's another thing I have a problem with, uh, obviously. Uh, I think teams, it's always unclear when when teams have more of a say about when they can keep their players around and when they can't like uh the sounders are always talking about how they just if the player gets called up they let the player decide or 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 they're more like okay you can go um which annoys me i hate that they do that or they don't try and keep players because some of these tournaments or these call-ups are so darn stupid and useless um, that they that uh, they hurt uh, the Sounders more than they do good. Um, even if they even if they play well during these friendlies um, and that attracts other players, um, I would still say the loss of them in the regular season. Um, is worse, uh, but, but right. So, so this back gets back to, to the question of you know yeah. should MLS align its season with what the rest of the world does? You know, how do we as Sounders feel feel about going in the yes. winter? Okay, a hundred percent yes. I know it gets cold in Minas in Minnesota and Colorado and even in Seattle, um, but you're it gets just as cold in some of the places in in Europe and. It's the same thing. Right. But I mean, they you all know, play so, during the same time. 
you know, going to a Sounders game. And, during, and, it was it, it was snowing during the Champions League game yesterday. You know, going to a Sounders game in June or September, you know, is such a beautiful experience that I wouldn't want to necessarily trade it for going to games in November, December, and January. You still um, get you still get that experience. Uh, I would actually say it would be more enjoyable to go to a playoff game in June um, in a wearing uh, and then you get to just be wearing your jersey. You don't have like three coats on top of your jersey during MOS Cup. Um, I would say that is better than um, I would say that is better than how it is now. Um, And then also that would uh, have MOS would gain more respect um, from the other soccer fans who, who love to hate on the league if they t- were to change that. We talked about it a lot last season because um, they had the opportunity to flip it, and they didn't. So we're going to give MLS crap for this. Um, they had the opportunity, and they should have switched it while it was easy. Uh, but again, going back to... Um, them failing to qualify for the Olympics um, this year. I, I do really believe that um, at, well, I mean, the biggest problem with the U.S. soccer, in my opinion right now, is that we don't have a constant lineup. When most of the teams in Europe uh, line up, we know exactly who's going to play. Or it's about like deciding between like two players in one position. That's not the case with the U.S. men's national team. And that's a big issue. Um, and we don't figure out what our best lineup is by may, by playing a friendly against Northern Ireland or Trinidad and Tobago and making eight subs during the game. That's not how a normal game works. That's uh, not helpful um, in finding out. So if we're in a situation right, but, but where obviously that three, is part where, of hold the... on, hold on, hold on. We're gonna get three subs. We're gonna get three subs. And um if we had qualified, it would have put a lot of more respect um on the US soccer team. Um since we are a giant nation, we should be qualifying every year for the World Cup and the Olympics, no matter what. Uh just because of how many people we have. Um and the resources we have, uh, and to but to do that, we have to have a solid lineup, and we have to be playing games that are at, that actually mean something. So now, you know, obviously, how do you how do you find that solid lineup without doing some experimentation? Because again, as you say, we are a giant country. We have a big pool of potential national team players. How do you find that without? having the extra friendlies that you were just sort of saying, why do we play these at all? You know, so it's a tough situation for any national team coach to, you know, get your team together to play a meaningful and important game and, you know, give all the players a a, a shot at the game. So, you know, yeah. You know, how do you find a goalkeeper who won't make that mistake that, that ended up, uh, you know, gifting the game? Um, Again, without playing more games, without letting a backline play together, but how do you how do you give different goalkeepers a chance rather than, you know, just rolling out Brad Guzan again? I think at this point, um, what I would what I would say about uh, 
uh, about the coach is at the very beginning when Greg Berhalter became the coach, he had to make a decision. Am I going to go with MOS or am I going to go with uh, uh, international players and then stick with them? Because the when because right now he has two different polls and uh, they're not being able to work together when he tries to combine them. So either has to every time call them all in um, or, or just stick with one. Um, And then the other one can uh, help fill in the U23 team to go there. Uh, Right. I mean, you know, and, and and I guess I would say, you know, the obvious thing the coach should be trying to do is, you know, get the best 11 players on the field rather than drawing from only one of those two pools. But as you said, you know, that's hard to do and requires all of these other challenges. And, and you could probably pin the, you know, the loss in the Olympic qualifying to, you know, trying and failing to navigate these challenges. Um, so uh, let's, uh, moving on to this, um, let's talk about the schedule for this upcoming season. Um, was announced a lot later than, uh, than previous seasons. It will, uh, again, just like last year, the playoffs will go into November and the MLS Cup will be in December. Um, but this this season is full of congestion. Uh, uh, and partly that's because of U.S. Open Cup, uh, the Gold Cup, um, the Nations League, um, the League Cup, um, so many other tournaments. Um, and the Sounders schedule is already really busy, uh, and we're going to have a lot of midweek games, or there's a, there's a couple stretches where we will be playing with only like three days rest. Also, what, what are your unbalanced. thoughts on this schedule? Yeah. Right. I mean, the other thing is the schedule is very unbalanced, you know, if the getting, you know, the number of East, East coast teams were, were playing seems very low. It's um, only two. Now it is now every team only plays two games um and it's not what well, one home and one away against an eastern conference team so for us it is atlanta will be coming to seattle and then we will have to go back to columbus for a rematch of mls cup 2020 right so obviously that makes anything being done based on points you know the supporter shield um it's meaningless. will probably be hard for anybody coming out of the west to win Um, you know, I mean, again, you know, I think, um, at this point, if we, if we have a full season, if these games are all played, we'll be happy. And, um, if they're all played in front of thousands of fans, um, we'll also be happy because, you know, getting to there is still, is still not assured. There's still a possibility that King County will have to move back to phase two from phase three, which would then mean, you know, nobody's at that April 16th game. Um, so the weird thing about the schedule, um, and this is just general MOS, is that it's still a 34 game season, which is shorter than most of the leagues in Europe. Most of those are 38, but um, so they play 38 games longer um, than other ones. Um, obviously, there's been a little more of a of a of a break. Um, 
this year than in years past. The offseason has been has been really short. Um, but like with the number of teams in the league, they got to change up. They got to ditch the thirty four. Um, the the thirty four uh, uh, number of games that we play um, to something you want it that, to be more or less. So I would say that it should be thirty eight, like the rest of the world. Um, okay, and then and do you want to go with a flat twenty twenty uh, team league with promotion and relegation that plays in the winter? That would be you know one way is to just sort of go full European. Yeah, I would actually. Well, that would be the best scenario. That would mean we get the most competitive um league because there are teams that i feel in mls they they don't try um i'm looking at you new england revolution um and there's no there's no reason to worry um about losing money since they'll be in the league next year um and obviously this is just how american sports work um that's true for every sport um but uh, so so that that would be uh, obviously what I want. Um, but um, more realistically, um, we need a system where, like, if we're, if we're gonna play in two conferences, then you then there shouldn't be teams you play three times and some teams you only play twice. Like that should all be the same. Um, I think you should only you should play every team home and away once. Uh, home. Yeah, yeah. So you're playing every team in your conference twice, um, and then filling in the rest against the other conference. That is probably the one that I would like, um, the most. Um, but what? How do you feel about like the even? Because this season we'll play, uh, we'll play Portland three times, um. Uh, I think Portland might be the one of the only teams we're playing three times, or we might only be playing them. That uh, there's a couple of teams that we're playing three times. Let's see, the Galaxy and LAFC, I guess, are only twice. Yeah. Um, maybe the, no, maybe the Galaxy three times actually. Okay, the Galaxy is three times. Yeah. So this question yeah, of right, do you, you know, yeah. the rivalry games, you know, especially when the rivalry teams, you know, aren't terrible. Do you want to play them more often, or do you, or do you not? Um, I I like the idea of a balanced schedule. Obviously, that's hard to achieve when the team is growing, when the MLS is growing. So, you know, anyway, I mean, I think this year and last year, all bets are off because in the pandemic, you sort of do the best you can. Um, and then structurally, right, we've got choices to make. You know, the it's a hard thing to be in a league that's changing sizes. It's a hard thing to be in a league where many um, many teams are sort of the secondary tenant in their own in their own stadiums. You know, where you have to uh, put up with the scheduling that other leagues um, that the NFL is doing. Um, you know, if they have first choice of who gets to be there on a given day in new england or seattle then that makes it harder to get a to get a schedule that works for everyone so it seems like uh it seems like the sounders are going to end up in the league's cup um this year which will take place this summer um i think this is one of the stupidest tournaments um to exist since the this is the that... one that's the u.s and mexico yeah um but 
the teams that are sent from Mexico are like the top four teams in in Liga MX, but the teams in MOS are the MOS teams that are like were would be like next in line to make CONCACAF Champions League. Um so uh first off already it seems heavily like favoring the Mexican teams since they're playing the MLS teams that were not good enough to get in the Champions League. Uh, so, obviously, that seems like an issue. Uh, but then also, this is just so unnecessary, especially in COVID. We do not need to be adding games like this. It's basically a friendly, uh, a, a friendly, um, just a bunch of friendlies, which which I guess is, is fun. But, I mean, if they're going to add this, then at least let us play in our Campiones Cup that we don't get to, that we did not get to play because of COVID. We should get to play that game. Um, another thing that, I mean, obviously, um, so they're bringing that back. Um, Columbus will get to play um, in that this year. Um, and this extremely annoys me because MLS loves to talk about the Campiones Cup as another trophy um, that like Atlanta has won um, to just make their, since they love Atlanta, they want to make their trophy case look better, look bigger. So they count that. And it's like, okay, you can't do that without acknowledging that we did not get to play in one. Um, Can you credit me messed up? Both of these tournaments are useless. Um, It seems like there's also going to be us open cup this year. Uh, still waiting to find out um, if the Sounders will get to play in that. Uh, then there's also the Gold Cup, which I'm guessing a lot of players, a lot of Sounders will um, will lose a lot of players to that. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Gold Cup this year, especially if it would be in front of like empty stadiums and the winner of this tournament gets nothing because really gets nothing now because there's no Confederations Cup anymore. You know, again, um, I think for this year, you just have to say we're doing the best we can. You know, we'll try to play. We're trying to make things as normal as possible, trying to, you know, plan for as many tournaments as possible and see how it goes. And, you know, I'll be happy if these games take place and, you know, just everybody has to get through the year and lots of, you know, there'll be lots of asterisks no matter what in the you know, when we look back 20 years from now on, on, you know, what happened at this time in soccer. Um, I, I, I do not agree with that at all about who, I, if the gold cup ends up really happening um, as it is inspected. Um, I'll probably watch the games, but like, uh, I won't be happy uh, because all it does is it takes our players. The tournament is, so the like it's a lose-lose situation for the US in my opinion. Um like if we if we win a game, then it's like okay, we, we beat like some random country from the Caribbean. Um uh and it's like so it's, uh, it's like well we were expected to and if we lose then it's like you lost to that team from the Caribbean? So 
the only thing it does is embarrass the U.S. It happens every two years, so it's just more time for the U.S. to get embarrassed in front of the entire world. Um, so, uh, and then we also have the CONCACAF Nations League, which is literally the same thing, um, which is just absolutely useless. I don't like. I, CONCACAF sees UEFA making a Nations League. They're like, we need that too. Um, too many international tournaments. They're going to take away players from the Sounders. Um, because of this, seems like our bench is going to have to come up big again. Uh, so let's move into who the Sounders have acquired and what changes has happened um, to our team um, this year. What changes are you most excited about? Um. You know, I think I'm primarily excited by the people who are back, you know, because obviously we still have the the core of a very good team from last year. Um, what am I excited by? I can't think of an answer to that. How about you? So we've, the, right now we stand, we've brought in two new players. Um, one of them I said was, uh, I said that we were probably going to bring in people from within the league because we don't have much space. Uh, and I said Kenan Rowe um, because he is from Seattle um, and he's back. Well, no, he's back in Seattle, um, but finally in a Sounders jersey. Um, so I'm very excited to see him. Um, he adds depth at right back, um, which is good because now Alex Lode. Alex Rodon has won that spot with Kelvin Neardom um, uh, heading to Miami, uh, I, I believe. Uh, he went, or uh, I, I can't remember. Other... Jovan Jones went to Miami. Um, we lost, we lost, we lost him. I'm okay with that. And did Torres end up there as well? Torres went. No, Torres went back to. I think he went back to Panama. I don't think he went back to Miami. Because he was already was some with, MLS team he was associated with, but I was going to say one other. I don't think um, it's Miami again. I think know, it's one other, I think it's just Jones. I think Jones went to Jones for sure went to Miami and maybe Leardum too. Um, we we lost both of them. We also lost Torres. Um, and and so uh, one exciting uh, yeah. pickup for the Sounders was a uh, new permanent resident Raúl Ruiz Diaz, uh, now a green card holder and freeing up an international spot. Which is good. Just he just got back into Seattle. Um, obviously, we also have another open international spot open because of uh, a because of uh, Gustav Svensson. Um, he's left the team. And who uh, was the other well. addition you were thinking of in addition to Kellen Rowe? Uh, it's the other player who's come back, Freddie Montero. Oh yes, of course. Uh, can't believe you're forgetting about him. We right. I mean, again, it's, him again, you know, he was, he was there, you know, the, the first Sounders game. So how, how can he be new? Um, so, you know, maybe we'll also get, um, you know, Brad Evans and, and Roger Levesque back. Um, I, I, so a lot of people um, say that he doesn't have much in, in him. Um, and this is a bad signing. I think it's a good signing. Um, Sounders at, after losing Jordan Morris, um, we only have two uh, forwards on our roster, really, um, that we know can score goals, um, being um, Raul Rodriguez and Will Bruin. 
Um, yes, we also have um, uh, our favorite other AOC, um, Alfonso Ocampo Chavez, uh, uh, Chavez. Um, but uh, I think he's only played in like four games or something, and, and we don't know yet um, how how prolific of a goal scorer um, he could he he could be. Um, or what what he could become. So I think it's a good signing. Um, Freddie Montero has good numbers. Um, he's he's still scoring goals. Um, so I'm excited for this, especially since it seems like the Sounders are going to change their lineup, uh, their change their formation, and go with either a a five, either go with a a, a back five, um, and uh, three midfielders and two forwards um, uh, now, um, which I think um, is exciting because um, I always like seeing Will Bruin and um, Roy Diaz work together. Um, but any other, what are your thoughts on our, on our starting lineup moving into this season? Yeah, I am excited by the idea of a two, of a two forward set. Um, I haven't had you know, that again, since about twenty four since twenty fourteen, really. Yep. Um, and yeah, I mean, again, you know, strong competition at uh, most parts of the field. Um, and you know, as usual, the question is just, um, you know, can we keep our our starting set of players, uh, you know, healthy and on the field? And you know, do we get? Um, you know, do we get what we're hoping for out of, you know, Kellen Rowe and Montero and uh, everyone who's coming back? Um, I'm excited to see, you know, the continued progress of Roldan. Um, and um, yeah, just excited to see them get so back out for there. Starting from goal up to the forwards, who is your starting 11 uh, for this season? What are you playing? Um, you know, I guess is there a goalkeeper ba- goalkeeper battle between the various Stefans? No, I think it'll it'll be Fry. Oh, and um, that is another one. Uh, uh, Stephen Ritchie is our other uh, new goalkeeper brought in um, to the team. Team. And um, I guess we don't have a competition really at 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 center back right now, or do we still have three choices? We still um, have Ariaga. Yamar and O'Neill. Okay. And so they, you know, they press each other well, I guess. Um, you know, if if everybody is is healthy and um, you know, I think Ariaga is the stronger choice over O'Neill, but again, O'Neill was a positive surprise last season. It wouldn't surprise me if he if he does that again. And obviously it's great to have all three of them in case of an injury. Um or who, possibly who we'll see picking? all three of them on the field if we have a five, if we have a five three two. Yeah, what what lineup are you thinking? Um, I guess I'm a traditionalist, so I would go with the back four, um, you know, and probably um, Roldan and Nuhu at the at the wings, and so uh, Yamar and. Um, I'm still an Ariaga fan. I know people are frustrated with him, even though you know he 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 he's made some sort of dramatic errors. Yeah, um, he's but made I, some he's made some bad choices. But I would probably at this point I would probably start. I would still start with Ariaga. Um, 
we'll see how he does in the first couple of games um, and if that changes. Uh, what about midfield? Um, you know, so moving forward, I mean, you know, starting going up to the forwards, I think, you know, the most exciting lineup would be uh, Rui Diaz and Montero. You know, whether you think of Montero as a as a second forward or you could imagine him, you know, playing as a, you know, as a number 10, um, you know, sitting, you know, sitting behind the front line somewhere. So, um, you know, I guess that's one question is, can you see Rui Diaz, Bruin and Montero at the field at the same time? And, you know, that's where the Sounders seem like they have a lot of good people you'd like to see on the field. You know, you, you, um, you're definitely going to have, um, uh, you need to have... Bruin? Who do you think Go starts ahead. over Will Bruin or Montero? Who do you think starting um if it's a if it's two forwards? Um you know, I mean again, they're such they're such they're such different people. Um, you know, Bruin being more of a clear forward, whereas Montero has has more um has more midfielder to him. Um so is the question what I would do, or is the question what yeah, I what expect Schmetzer to do? Who are you starting? Um, I think I've really liked seeing Monte, uh, Rui Diaz and Bruin together on the field. Um, you know, I guess the question we've been debating all last season is, you know, is that something that works for 10 minutes at a time when you're pressing for a goal, or would we like to see 90 minutes out of it? Um, I'd love to see that as a starting as a starting lineup. And um, I agree. You know, so then, um, you know, so then it would mean, okay, you've got four midfielders to pull. You've got Roldan and Ladero and, um, you know, so who else? Who are the choices that we have? Well, Joe Paolo is still there. Yeah, feels like he needs to be there. You have um, Joe Paolo, you have uh, Brad Smith, you have uh, Kellen Rowe. Um, then we have the younger guys, e- Ethan Dobelair, uh, oh, I mean, Danny I Leva. That it would be exciting to see Montero as the you know as the fourth midfielder, you know, fitting in somewhere with Joao Paulo and uh, Roldan and Ladero. Um, you know, okay, I think so that gonna... might be my sort of fan favorite lineup. Whether that actually works on the field with everything that needs to happen, I don't know. So, in my opinion, um, I agree with. With your lineup, I think that would be good. Um, I think for it, uh, our team at the moment, um, uh, I think there's still a chance that uh, another midfielder could get signed, um, or uh, uh, before this first game, um, or or before the first uh, transfer window um, ends. Uh, as uh, we have a new. We do have a new sporting director, so they could try and get in someone quickly. Uh, that was the other news. Chris Henderson has moved to Inter Miami. Already, a lot of uh, there's a he's already dealing with a lot of chaos there as Miami's right now has to figure out how to get rid of a fourth DP. Um, so I, I'm keeping my eye on that story. Uh, but in my opinion, I think we should go with the back five. Um, recently, I've been hearing that New Who has been training at center back. Um, so my back five would be Brad Smith, um, Alex Rodon, 
um, Yamar, Ariaga, and Nuhu, um, with Nuhu being the third center back. Um, in the midfield, Jao Paulo, Ladero, and Christian Rodon. And then up top, um, I'm also going to say Bruin and Raul Roy Diaz. Um, the, yeah, I really want the Bruin, Raul Roy Diaz. Um, I really want that to work. Um, I think it, it, it's possible that maybe Montero, Raul Roy Diaz, um, uh, my, that could work better. And then Bruin just continues to be a super sub. Um, but uh, in my opinion, I think we're going to start. I think they will originally, Montero is going to start on the bench um, like, we're, like we're, we've uh, been discussing um, here today. So for this first game against Minnesota, um, and we still don't know if, if there will actually be fans there. Um, hopefully, uh, hopefully we see uh, Washington stays uh, in the current phase it's in, uh, and uh, fans still waiting to know who's going to be at this first game. But uh, what what are you expecting from this first game against Minnesota? Yeah, I don't really know what to expect in terms of you know how much will it look like, you know, the first game of everybody stumbling out of the pandemic. Um, my over 50 league is is also starting that that same week and it'll be interesting to see how many hamstring injuries there are as people run for the first time in a year um so i don't know you know i'm i'm hoping that the sounders minnesota game won't look very much like that um but i could imagine it it having a certain amount of rust you know hopefully neither team will uh do what the u.s olympic team did and and you know have a have a goalkeeper you know bounce something off a forward into the net um, but it wouldn't surprise me if if it if it doesn't look like midseason form for both teams. Um, what what is your score prediction for the game against Minnesota? Uh huh. You're you're putting me on the spot here. Um, I'll go with um, seven to four Sounders. Um, Whoa! With, you know, a lot of a lot of scores. <laughs> hat tricks for uh, you know for both uh, Rui Diaz and Montero on their uh, returns to um, to the new, new season. And new who's uh, and a goal summer. for new who? Um, maybe three goals. You know, two own goals and one at the right end. Um, okay. As as part of the seven four uh, thing, if new who if new who you know so. Just, I'll only to, hold me yeah. only hold me to that if Nuhu and Montero both start. Otherwise, I'll have to as, revise my my plan. As much as I want that to happen, I'm going to go with uh, two zero Sounders with goals by Raul Roy Diaz and Ladero. Uh, I think your prediction has a much higher chance of coming yeah. out exactly right than mine does. Uh, since this is the first episode of the the 2021 season. Uh, long-term predictions, where do you think the Sounders are going to fall uh, in uh, the Western Conference uh, by the end of the season? What place are we going to finish this year? Um, and, and Hold on. And yep. I'm going to add one more thing. And uh, do you think uh, – and what awards – what MOS season awards do you think um, a Sounder will win this season? Well, okay, so that's a hard one. Um, you know, I will go for, uh, you know, 
Ladero as MVP finally, and uh, Jordan Morris as comeback player of the year. No, that's a long shot. Um, he probably will, you know, it, it will be excited to I see mean, him on the field. If he comes, if he comes back in September and scores like five goals, then he could win that. Yeah, but I don't think that's going to happen. Um, let's go for Nuhu as defender of the year. You know, co- I love it. Bouncing or back Yang- from his two own goal performance to become the clear fan favorite. Honestly, I could really see Yamar winning defender of the year. Yep. Um, with how he plays, um, he's he's looked great. Um, if he can stay healthy um, for a, a normal season, um, honestly, right? Though we, though we know the like we any... we we honestly we just have to remember last season um, when we came back um, after MLS is back, our defense was solid, and that was because of him. He's one of the best defenders in the league, um, so he could win that. Um, I'm going to say that Raúl Roy Diaz is going to win the Golden Boot this year. Um, if he can stay healthy and does not get called up to Peru, then I think he has a very good chance um, at doing that. I think, I mean, he only came in second um, this past yep. year. And I guess obviously um, that one is just based on his performance on the field. So it doesn't matter that the national commentators of the world are biased against Seattle. Uh, exactly. Um, uh, because uh, while Nicholas Sadero has deserved MVP every year he's been here, um, He's never going to win that award um, as long as Carlos Vea is doing Carlos Vea things. Uh, yep. Where do you think the Sounders are going to end up? What position? So I, I'm, I'm guessing that, you know, somebody from the East will randomly win the supporter shield, you know, 15 points ahead of us, but we'll be in first or second in the West. Um, you know, place? I, you got to pick first or second. And then if it's second, who's finishing above us? Um. Yeah. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, I guess my honest prediction is we'll end up in second somehow with, you know, some annoying team um, in first place. But which annoying team could it be? You know, will it be LAFC? Will it be Dallas? Will it be, you know, will it be Portland? Something annoying will happen. Um, I think it's going to be Minnesota. I think we're going to okay. finish in second, and I think Minnesota is going to finish in first. Minnesota is really good. Um, on And honestly, they're they're one of the few teams that I think could end up in first in front of us. Um, one of the few teams that I can say that and it won't annoy the shit out of me. Because saying that Portland's gonna be there or LAFC or the Galaxy, which I'm sorry, Galaxy is like the Galaxy this year. They're all like, we got Greg Vanny. We're like, we're turning around. Chicharito is gonna just light up the league. No. LA Galaxy, I, I I'll be surprised if they make the playoffs this year. Will a lot will Ozzy still be an everyday starter for Minnesota this year? I think for the most part, as I, I think his role um as captain um will be pretty much the same um as it was last year. Um we'll see. He is getting older. Um but yep. uh I think that they have it in them. However, we will be beating them in the uh season opener. Okay, well, much like your 2-0 score prediction versus my 7-4, I think there's a lot higher chance you'll be correct than I will. Um, but, you know, I'm. this is why I'm here as your co-pilot. Well, whether that at that first game you are in person or watching from at home, let's remember to keep your Jimi Hendrix-style scarves 
your scarves up. Man, that was awkward. See, early season, this is just like, you know, we're the goalkeeper bouncing it off the other guy into the net there. Want to try it again? Thanks for listening.